Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Focus on the Facts. Today we will continue to cover the battle to stop the global pedophilia epidemic in the child sex trafficking networks. My special guest today is Frank Parlato, a true hero in our battle. Frank is credited with breaking the Nexium sex cult story. He has spent years fighting to expose Keith Raniere in the Nexium cult. He is the founder of the Frank Report and he is publisher and editor-in-chief of Art Voice, the Niagara Falls reporter, front page in the South Buffalo News. Frank was hired as a publicist by the Bronfman sisters and Keith Veneer in 2007 to rehabilitate their poor public image and rebrand them as something other than a cult. At that time, Veneer publicly portrayed Nexium as an executive coaching program and styled himself as a guru, Frank says. Frank says he had a slow awakening to the truth about Ranieri after discovering that Ranieri spent most of his days having sex with his followers. He was fired by Ranieri when he started probing Nexium's financial affairs. Frank works as a publicist for less than a year in 2007 and says Ranieri uses self-help courses to recruit rich, famous, or good-looking women to his inner circle. In order to join the Nexium cult, women have to give collateral to officially join. The collateral includes graphic nude photos, audio and video confessions of crimes, either fabricated or not, transmittal of assets to be held by the cult, bank account numbers, and checks written to Ranieri that will be cashed if people ever leave the cult to reveal its secret practices. Frank first published reports on the Nexium cult in Niagara Reporter and on the Frank Report in June 2007, when he received reports from sex cult members who were being forcibly branded as part of the initiation into the secret sorority DOS. International news outlets have credited Frank with breaking the Nexium sex cult story. His unrelenting coverage of the cult's inhumane practices led to the breakup of the cult and the mainstream news coverage that led to Ranieri's arrest in March 2018 when he was charged with sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and forced labor conspiracy. Prosecutors alleged that Ranieri created a secret society of women whom he had sex with and branded with his initials, coercing them with the threats of releasing their highly personal information and taking their assets. They also claimed that Ranieri had over 50 sex slaves. Using sources tied to the Nexium group, Frank has posted hundreds of stories about exposing the secrets about the Nexium's ritual sex abuse and financial fraud on Frank Report. So today we'll start, focus on the latest developments in the Nexium child sex trafficking cult and the recent guilty pleas that have been entered in that case. Jury selection began last week in the case. So I'll bring Frank on now to tell us a story how the Nexium sex cult was operating and get the latest developments in the case. Welcome to the show, Frank. <clears throat> Hello, Evelyn. How are you today? Oh, I'm just fine. So excited to have you on on the show. Thank you very much. I am I, very pleased to be here. Well, why don't you tell, tell us a story of the sex cult? Because, you know, in taking down these, these um, sex cults, I don't really understand how they develop everything can you can you explain that and probably my listeners too would enjoy understanding how this ever came about 
Well, I think the uh, secret of this particular sex cult was that there was one man running it at the very top, and the rest of the organization was comprised of women, women recruiting other women and girls, underage girls, to join this deviant organization. And so it was the women as much as the single solitary man that promoted, organized, fostered, and developed the sex cult. So who was the first woman that he brought up, that Renier brought on? You know the that. very first woman uh, uh, came back in the late 70s. Her name is Karen, Karen Unterreiner. And from the beginning, she helped him recruit uh, underage girls to be part of his quote-unquote harem. And so the, the, uh, the woman who started the recruiting became a very vigorous devotee of the leader, leader of the cult. His name is Keith, Keith Ranieri. And Correct. this leader uh, had, as he developed his cult, had his followers call him Vanguard, as you probably okay. know. Yeah, upon reading, I know. <laughs> so so where, where Vanguard made his fall from grace, I think, and created for himself a serious legal problem was that he wasn't content just to have adult women in his sex cult. He needed to venture off into girls who were under the age of consent from as young as 12 years old as part of his sex harem. Now, in this sex cult, now, when I'm thinking of Jeffrey Epstein's trafficking, now, he shared these girls with the elite. But now, Keith Raniere, he just kept all the women to himself? Or the girls? Yes, that was, the, that was absolutely part of his modus operandi, is he was not... His cult was set up strictly for his own perverse pleasures, and he was um, not interested in providing, typically, other girls or, uh, you know, other perverts. This was for him and him alone. Right. Well, how come they were such followers of, like, uh, Hillary Clinton and stuff, you know, contributing to her campaigns and everything? Why, why were they so close with the elite? I think they found in Hillary a kindred spirit. That is a woman utterly without any ethics, a woman completely willing to do anything for anyone without any moral compass. And so they attempted to and did, in fact, give her money secretly uh, to get protection in the courts and to get um, impunity. And also, one of the things that was a hallmark of Ranieri's operation was to punish perceived enemies. And with, they found a true ally in Clinton and her, her, some of her minions in that they could always be depended upon to corrupt the law for the sake of money. Right. It, it worked out. It worked out well for a time for this cult until finally we. I started to expose 
their branding practices, and that created a moral outrage that led to their ultimately being taken down. Even though they've been committing crimes for years, even pedophilia, but nobody seemed to care until he started branding his slaves with his initials on their pubic region, and that caused an outrage that finally started the momentum that resulted in the federal racketeering and sex trafficking charges that were leveled against him and five other members of his organization, all of them female. Yeah, describe to my listeners how they would do that branding. It's just horrific. What was a grotesque experience? The the actress Allison Mack was the leader of the branding portion of the operation, and she, uh, one of her members was a physician, Dr. Daniel Roberts. And what they would do is they would surprise the women, order them to strip naked. There'd be six at a time. Then four women would hold, four naked women would hold down the fifth naked woman, each one holding one of their arms or legs down, while Dr. Roberts took the uh, cauterizing pen as the sixth naked woman would be filming the entire procedure, Dr. Roberts would take the hot, white hot cauterizing pen and scar into the woman's pubic region the initials of Keith Raniere and the initials of Allison Mack, who was the number two, the top woman, the, the, the chief slave. Some of your listeners might recall Allison Mack because she was a television actress who appeared for about 10 years on the television show Smallville. Right. That's my problem, you know, in in untying these rings because, you know, I quit watching TV or going to movies in the early 90s, so I don't know these actresses and celebrities. You know, so when they, they, like Allison Mack, you know, like, yes, she was in, in TV show for 10 years, but I've never seen her. You know, and this is my problem with sorting out these pedophile networks. You know, that I don't know these people. Well, happily, we have the Internet, and you can get yeah. a good history have on you? that. Yeah. Now, last month, no, it was this month, wasn't he, um, wasn't Ranieri charged with um, child porn and, and child rape? Who this that last is month? correct. Yes, that is correct. That was part of a superseding indictment against him. Uh, there was a uh, a young woman, and I, I guess you'd call her a girl. She was 15 at the time, and he had been grooming her for some years, a Mexican girl who he got uh, managed to bring into the country illegally, and he was um, uh, exploiting her, both taking pictures of her, posing her in different ways, and and having sexual relationships with her. And uh, that evidence was uncovered through an FBI raid on his one of his homes where they found the pictures on a hard drive. The girl has fled to Mexico, and she still supports Ranieri. She's still very much um, uh, his follower, despite the fact that he is presently in the Brooklyn 
Metropolitan Detention Center being held without bail pending his uh, trial, which will commence on May 7th. Yeah, yeah, the trial had been put off just for a week, huh? So it's starting on May 7th. Have they, have they finished picking the jury? No. They have, they're, they've, they've, they've had questionnaires, an 87-question questionnaire for the juries. That has been filled out by some 500 potential jurors. And uh, I believe next week they will begin to interview prospective juries to narrow this down to 12 jurors and uh, several alternates. Yeah. Well, I noticed that um, on Frank Report, you had put on April 2nd, you had a report about that Danielle Roberts is um, trying to practice medicine in New York. Brandon doctor, she is still practicing medicine. How can this be? Well, she has not been convicted or, or, or an investigation into her practices has not yet resulted in her losing her medical license. Um, how much connection there has been to, to protecting her on, in certain channels is not known. But one of the arguments that the licensure people, that is the department that uh, uh, investigates license abuses of medical doctors at the health department in New York State, argued that branding is not illegal and that it's not necessary to be a licensed physician to brand people. And so consequently, it's not necessarily an offense that would result in her losing her medical license. Yeah, you said in your report you think that she's branded as many as 150? That's what we understand, and and that's a number that's been verified by Ranieri's attorney as well as the prosecution. Now, has she has she been charged in the case, or will she be brought in to testify? She has not been charged in the criminal case. She is oh. under uh, some kind of investigation by the New York State Licensing Department for Physicians. It is not known whether she will be uh, penalized by a loss or suspension of her medical license. I think the issue is not so much that she branded women, but that apparently some of these women were um, brutally branded even when they cried out for help or in pain asking uh, Dr. Roberts to stop. She continued with her uh, hot iron branding on their pubic region. And there was no anesthetic. Now, now, you know, when we think of branding, we often think of, like, a cattle being branded in three to five seconds. But Dr. Roberts was carefully etching uh, or scarring out the initials of Ranieri as well as kind of an artistic symbol. And it took as long as 20 to 40 minutes for her to painfully brand the women who were branded as slaves of Keith Ranieri. Then, um, then I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling down my articles here that uh, our presidential candidate, Kirstine Gillibrand's father, used to work for the Nexium cult, huh? Right. Kirstine Gillibrand, who wants to run for president, yeah. 
and is a U.S. senator representing New York State. Uh, lives Her hometown is Albany, which is also headquarters, Albany, New York, headquarters of Nexium, where Keith Raniere lived. And Kirsten's father worked for Nexium as a consultant. Uh, and Kirsten's stepmother was a cult member. She was a member of the cult. And ultimately, um, what happened was Kirsten's father got into some kind of a issue with Nexium where they alleged that he sexually harassed one of their members. And he was fired. There was a lawsuit, which I broke the story. And the father, Kirsten's father, wound up paying $100,000 in settlement to end the lawsuit. Um, it was exacerbated by the fact that his, um, that this woman, Gwen Belcourt, uh, was a member of the cult and Kirsten's father rescued this woman and married her so that Kirsten Gillibrand's father and stepmother had an intimate relationship with the Nexium cult. And the reason I reported it was that uh, in 2017, Kirsten claimed that she had never heard of Nexium. Right. I found that a little hard to believe, Evelyn. Yeah, right, right, right. But after reading the reports, absolutely, it's hard to believe. Um, I was reading where that she that uh, that she was at a Clinton fundraiser that would have been that was in two thousand six, and it said that uh, the Nexium Group had bought the three front VIP tables at a next at a Hillary Clinton fundraiser, and that. Um, that Gillibrand sat at the front table with Nancy Salzman at the right. Nexium tables that they, they reserved. It's, so, it's not and then she says she'd never heard of them. It's, yeah, this, this is just, um, if lying is an art, Kirsten hmm. Gillibrand is an artist. Right, right. Uh, one of the things that I think is important also to know about Gillibrand, who, who wants to be the President of the United States, is that one of her biggest supporters financially is the Brothman family, the people who made their fortune from Seagram's liquor and before that from bootlegging uh, and from narcotic uh, distribution into the United States. The Brothmans were one of the critical families to bring narcotics into the United States and make drugs um, readily available to youth of America. And uh, the Brothmans were also, two of the Brothmans were the people who financed Nexium. Okay. Because sex cults are expensive. I suppose. <laughs> and, the, and the Brothman sisters, they're also members of the Clinton Foundation, right? Yes, they are. They were, they're, they were part of the Clinton Global Initiative. And there's and a, didn't Nexium there yeah. Group um, contribute to that too? The Clinton Global Initiative. Yes, they did. They had a big hand in the in its uh, inception. Right. So it's all tied in. You know, we always say that 
we see all these sex trafficking busts and everything, but people say with, that we're not getting to the elites involved, but we are. I mean, this, this case is bringing them out, and the Epstein case is bringing them out. The elites are here. You know, we're taking them down. Finally. Well, it makes sense that the elites um, who feel that they are above the law do what they will, and it's unusual for them to get caught. Epstein was an anomaly. You know, Brothman, Claire Brothman was arrested and charged. It's an anomaly to have a, uh, a Seagram's heiress and a member of the elite actually be charged. It's, it's unique, and it's, uh, it's, up, it's, it, it's a cause for optimism. Yeah, and they're funding the defense of all the defendants in this case, aren't they? The Brockman sisters? That is correct. So how much money have they put, put out so far? I remember it was a couple months back that the judge was uh, questioning them about this and that, uh, saying that they had put aside a, a certain amount or something, but there was only like 25% left in that account. And they, they were wondering about Garagos, you know, being involved with uh, Avenatti in that, uh, in that those crimes in New York that... Uh, if they had to get rid of him, they wouldn't ha- have enough money left, and they weren't even going to trial yet. Well, you see, really what caused this issue is this. Claire Brothman, who's been charged, who's the Seagram's heiress, and her father was a uh, was the president of the World Jewish Congress. He, has, right. uh, he died in 2013. But uh, she has funded Nexium. She was funding all of the lawyers or the other defendants, including Keith Ranieri, head of the sex cult. However, and this is the difficulty, she uh, has lately decided to try to save herself from years in prison by uh, breaking free from Ranieri. And so she has stopped funding the uh, the other defendants, when their trust money that she originally put up runs dry, she does not plan to replenish it, for she is no longer in allegiance with her sex cult leader. Wow. So, so she pulled the funding from all those people? Well, yes. However, <laughs> there was originally six defendants, including her and Ranieri. Of the four remaining defendants, three of them have pleaded guilty and are now witnesses against her and Ranieri. So really, uh, there's only one other uh, defendant, a low-level bookkeeper for the sex cult, and she's likely to take a plea deal in the next few days. Hence, the trial, as it presently is shaping up, will be just uh, a trial with Brothman, the heiress, and Ranieri, the sex cult leader, as defendants. Okay. Now, wasn't, um, I'm thinking of uh, Garagos, wasn't his sister representing Ranieri? His daughter. His daughter is representing Ranieri? Garagos' daughter, Tenny Garagos, is one of Ranieri's attorneys. And... um, Garagos is representing, he's the lead attorney for Claire Brothman. Yeah. So, so father in, representing in, uh, Claire and the daughter, one of two principal lawyers for 
the sex cult leader. Okay, now wasn't this what the judge was talking about, you know, a month ago or before when he was talking about this money, that um, if Garagos' daughter represents Ranieri and, and he represents, who does, he, who does Garagos represent? In this Garagos time? represents the heiress, Claire Brockman. Okay, if she pulls the money from um, Keith Rainier's defense and, and Garagos' daughter is representing him, how does that right. work out then? Well, uh, this is what the hearing, they had a hearing about this. To get a confirmation from all the parties that this would not be a conflict and that they understood that it could be a conflict. This kind of a hearing is called a curcio hearing, and the, uh, they asked Defendant Ranieri if he understood that while his attorneys representing him, her father is representing his co-defendant who might have adverse interests. And Ranieri told the court that he was satisfied that his, his lawyer, the daughter of Mark Yaragos, Kenny Garagos would be, in fact, a unconflicted attorney who would be representing his best interest. And the judge ruled that it was uh, acceptable for this arrangement to continue. Okay. But now we've gotten to the point that he uh, kind of speculated about. It brought we are at that point. Taking her. Yeah, we're at that point. So Ranieri's sitting there. Wow. <laughs> well, Ranieri's chances of ever leaving uh, a prison are, are very small. The evidence is overwhelming. There are witnesses against him. I think the big question now is, will the Clinton-connected Claire Brothman be able to buy her way out of prison? You know, she's charged with, with serious crimes, and she's using all of her Clinton related um, contacts to make uh, an, an attempt to purchase justice and avoid prosecution. Uh, Ranieri's chances are, are zilch. Clinton, they had hoped that Clinton could persuade people at the DOJ not to, uh, to prosecute him fully, but that, that became impossible. However, Clinton was able to, we understand, arrange for the DOJ not to charge several leading figures in the sex cult who were highly connected to the um, Mexican drug cartels and sex trafficking rings. So, so it's, it's my impression that Clinton was able to save the top-tier Mexican sex traffickers from getting indicted by the DOJ. So it's not that she was entirely without some influence in this case. She had a big hand in protecting the biggest criminals. Really? Oh, that's, that's my opinion. You know, we're, we're still working on it. Many times when people get too involved in the investigation of this, they wind up uh, not being heard from again. From being heard from what? They wind up not being heard from again. Oh, okay. Sure. Hillary Clinton has a, uh, a high turnover in, in friends. One minute she meets a guy, 
and then she never sees him again. Okay. Now, Ranieri is trying to bring this woman from Mexico to the United States to testify, right? Um, yeah, she does. They, the women do not want to come to the United States from Mexico because they're worried they'll be arrested. So he's trying to have an arrangement where they would testify in Mexico in court through closed circuit TV. <laughs> well, that, that wouldn't work out very well, would it? I don't see how it could. I you mean, know, how would you control the witness? What, what are they going to do? I think that I, I believe the judge will rule that they, if Ranieri wants a witness, he's got to bring him there. And, and I don't think the women will come to the United States because they fear arrest. So chances are he won't have these witnesses. What witnesses will Ranieri have on his side? Do you know? He'll probably have some expert witnesses. And he'll probably have some local, you know, some women in America who will come and say that it wasn't a sex cult, that it was just a bunch of people having some fun, and that they were helped oh. out by Ranieri's teachings. He'll probably have a forensic computer expert try to say that uh, the girl that was 15 was, um, wasn't was 15. The, 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 computer in, the computer files were misdated or something to throw doubt on the age of the files of the alleged 15-year-old girl who was photographed in a variety of sexually explicit uh, poses. Okay, and those were the child, those were the, that was the child rape charges? Child, child, porn child charges? Uh, pornography and sexual exploitation of a minor. Then didn't I read in an article someplace that some of the women from Nexium were, were posed in the same pose as that, that underage girl? That he took pictures right. of them, too? He did read that. That is right. Ranieri had certain poses he liked to photograph women in that, that, um, that he found, uh, evidently found appealing. And a couple of things you should know about Ranieri is he liked girls, even adult women, he put them on 500 to 900 calorie per day diets so that they would be uh, extremely slender and there would be, you know, as close to flat chested as possible to have kind of a girl like image. He liked them to, to not cut their hair and he wanted them not to shave their pubic region. That was a very uh, significant and important command that he had. And he also uh, had a program where they could not sleep more than four hours at a stretch, which I think was all part of his plan to keep them starved, malnourished, sleep-deprived, and uh, pliant for his deviant um, predilections. And there was another thing that I thought was very interesting. He forbid any of the women to eat meat or consume or eat garlic. Really? Why? Why? What did he have against that? You know, it's hard to say, although isn't, isn't uh, uh, it true that vampires, at least uh, <coughs> reputedly, are, are, uh, are uh, repelled by garlic? Oh, okay. I don't think I knew that. 
Well, so what, what are the Clintons' interests in this I'm group? Sorry. Go ahead. What are the Clintons' interests in this group? Well, I think just it the money they gave? Financial. I think it's just financial. Okay. I, I would give Ranieri and his people were contributors to the Clinton. And I, I'm not saying that Clinton was in bed with these people, literally or figuratively. Uh, but mm-hmm. where she came in in the biggest way, where Clinton came in in the biggest way, was that um, was the Mexican connection. Okay. The sex cult spread to Mexico, and there there were other men that were able to get some of the benefits of the sex cult. And they were, uh, they were at risk of being indicted in this U.S. investigation. And my sources tell me, and one of them is a U.S. congressman, my sources tell me that Clinton's interfered with the DOJ and prevented the arrest of uh, the son of the former Mexican president, Carlos Salinas, who is reputed to be the boss of bosses of the Mexican drug cartel. Okay. So they want to protect him. Right. They put their effort, the Clintons put their effort and the dollars flowed to the Clintons. This is what I, my sources tell me to protect the Mexican drug and sex trafficking and gun running organization in Mexico. This may be hard to prove, and if someone ever proved it, they'd probably disappear. Right. Uh, but I think it's pretty evident that the Clintons fulfilled their role of protecting the Salinas family from arrest in the Nexium case. The fall people were, the fall guy was Ranieri, of course, and, right. uh, and to a degree, the Seagram's heiress, Claire Brofman. And this is what I speculate. We, we haven't got to the point where we've proven that. But we we have sources that adamantly say that this is the case, and these are not unreliable sources. Sure, sure. Well, I know when we're, we're tracking the child sex trafficking rat lines, you know, um, across the globe, they always go, they always run along the same rat lines that are set up for gun running and drug dealing and in now organ harvesting in the last 10 years, you know. So I'm sure you're right about in Mexico. It, it, it all runs together. They go together well. Guns, drugs, yep. and sex. Drugs. Yep, yep. And now the organ harvesting. Now they're into that, you know, stealing organs from these in countries where the wars are, taking the children's organs. Oh, this is so bad. It has gotten to such a point in this world that that everything is a muck, you know. And these child sex trafficking rat lines are all over the globe. Yes. Well, that, this is a, a major problem, and um, it's clear to me. Well, you know, these charges are so serious against um, uh, Ranieri. What did the? How much bond did the judge demand that he'd have to pay to get out? He would not set any bail for any amount of money for Ranieri. Really? What let him out at all? Well, he is definitely was willing to do to let Ranieri out. Ranieri was 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 deemed a flight risk and a menace to society. Right, right. Well, this judge saw that right. Um, I just records were just released in the Epstein case, and uh, 
it came out that a DA in, in New York, um, I forget when, but had registered him as a class three sex offender, you know, and, um, but they didn't, but they didn't make him a class three sex offender. You know, they, they put it so that he was, he wasn't a sex offender in a bunch of cases. It, they did, well, in the plea deal, what they did was they put down that instead of putting down the 14 year old that they first came to, um, that he, that he had, they put down a 16 year old so he wouldn't be required to be a, required to register as a sex offender in like 31 states or something because the age was 16 then or something. But, um, but they, but now that the records have come out, the DA in, in, in New York had wanted to label him as a class three sex offender. You know, so all these records get hidden and stuff. This judge is, is above board. You know, he's, he's right out here and he's saying everything in public and, that's great that he wouldn't let uh, Ranieri out because he's that dangerous. Well, that Jeffrey Epstein is surely that dangerous. His own international sex trafficking all over the globe and, and sharing these underage girls with the elite. You know, that case is hard to break open, and now the judge in the case just died. <laughs> and he was a, uh, he was uh, a judge was in the Weinstein the case, too. Well, he was 96 years old. And it was right in the middle of those motions. He had ruled that motions to release those records. And then, uh, then two other attorneys filed, um, motions to not release the records. One was for a victim. And I can see that, that she didn't want her name out there. But another one was for a John Doe. And I don't know who that was, but the lawyer who, um, the lawyer who filed that motion used to work for Comey and Mueller. He's a former, in a former Clinton attorney. Hmm. So, and we don't know who that John Doe is, who wants his name hidden. Well, it's interesting that the so, case was assigned so anyhow, to 96 yeah, he did right after those motions were filed. Those, well, well, don't you find it interesting that it was assigned to a 96-year-old judge? Yeah, 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 I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. And But he was real good, you know. And, I mean, he came right out and, and said that uh, Alan Dershowitz was involved in this child sex trafficking ring of uh, Epstein's, you know, and everything, but uh, now he's dead. <laughs> I mean, it's ironic, you know, I laugh about it because it's actually kind of comical that this shit happens all the time. So I wonder how the judge in this case will hold up. He looks to be impervious to corruption so far. He had plenty of opportunity along the way, but he he seems to be holding fast to um, an ethical and, and uh, proper resolution of this case. Yeah. Do you do you attend those those hearings? Because you get such great reports on your on your uh, site. I, on I do, or I have someone attend them for me. Okay. Yeah. You give really good reports. Now, so Thank what you. is the latest now? Now, tell us who's pleaded and who's getting off and can you give us a lowdown on that yes originally there were six defendants in the nexium case three of them have taken um plea deals nancy salzman the president of nexium lauren salzman her daughter and the actress allison mack all three have agreed to testify against ranieri and um all three of them are likely to get relatively short prison sentences, 
they pleaded guilty to racketeering because Nexium was alleged to be a, uh, a RICO enterprise, a racketeering organization. And the, uh, these three women now will testify against Ranieri and, and reveal his, his pedophilia, his, um, his financial crimes, his extortion, his blackmail, his um, sex trafficking, and so forth. Again, most of his sex trafficking was trafficked to himself. Right. Okay. There are three so remaining now- defendants. Ranieri, the leader, Claire Brothman, the Seagram's heiress, and a low-level bookkeeper who will probably take a plea deal before trial. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about this Nancy Sullivan and her daughter getting her involved in this? Right. Nancy was... Yeah, Nancy was the president. She was a hypnotist, and a oh. um, she was perfect for Ranieri. She helped to recruit many women, and she also recruited her daughter. Both mother and daughter were part of the sex harem. Really? And um, one of the things that Ranieri did was he told many women, including the daughter, that he would sire for her uh, quote-unquote avatar baby that is a a baby that would be a uh, uh, like a Buddha or a Christ who would come into the world to save humanity. And he told this to about 10 different women, and all of them were thinking that they would have this baby, which never came. And um, these two were in, mother and daughter were in for about 20 years. Really? Now, did, now did Nancy want to have his baby, too? No, she was a little old for that. But the she daughter, was a little old for that? The daughter was in the, the avatar. But she never got pregnant, and when she was promised this when she was about 22. Now she's 42, and she never got pregnant. She even built a nursery in her home. Really? Uh, waiting for the wonderful day when Ranieri would sire the avatar. And years went by, and it never happened. Did Nancy put up a fund or something for that baby? Uh, no, that was another baby. Um, Claire Brosnan <laughs> put up a $500,000 fund for a, a baby that Ranieri did sire with a Mexican woman who's now in hiding in Mexico. Oh, okay. So she funded him to have this other baby with a Mexican woman? Correct. Well, now, when in the sex cult, these these women did they have sex together with Ranieri? Did they have like orgies or or was this Ranieri the, they did one on one? To a degree, they did. Yeah, there was one on one. There was two. There was three on one. There was whatever Ranieri fancied at the time. There's one case where he took a slave, blindfolded her, took her to a shed, stripped her naked, tied her down on a on a table, and while she was blindfolded, someone came and and uh, performed oral sex on the slave. The slave does not know who that mystery person was, while Rainier was uh, standing over making comments about her body. Now, what was the purpose of that? He just liked watching? Maybe. Maybe he was training her. Maybe uh, he was providing a reward for 
some other woman, most likely, I don't think it was a man, may have been Claire Brofman or Allison Mack, but um, he did many a perverse thing. Yeah. What, 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 how did he have all these women keep having sex with him? Is he taking Viagra or something? Uh, no, he, actually, that's a very wonderful question because he was not, evidently he was not taking Viagra because uh, many of the women that I interviewed told me that in due course of time, uh, he became impotent. And okay. so that um, he was able to uh, please himself somehow, but he wasn't. And it, I guess it, apparently sometimes it, herpes was introduced into the harem, and that became problematic, like all uh, lascivious, indiscriminate uh, sexual enterprises, there's a chance of venereal disease, and evidently it spread through the harem with kind of a, a ferocity at sure. one point. Oh, wow. Now, what about these, what about these um, child um, development uh, courses they had? Or whatever? What, what was that about? Well, I think it fundamentally it was a, a pro program for Ranieri to groom little children to be part of his nefarious operations. There was ostensibly the idea that they would be training little children from six months to learn different languages, seven languages. And, of course, none of it worked. The idea was that there would be different women that would teach the babies every day speaking to them in a different language, women from different countries, from Russia, from China, from India, from Spain, from France, from Africa. And each of these women would come on, on a different day and essentially spend the entire day with these young children, teaching them the language of the day, whatever language they spoke. So on Monday, the child would be with a uh, a nanny who would speak Russian. On Tuesday, they'd be with a nanny who spoke French. On Wednesday, they'd sp spend the whole day with a woman who spoke Mandarin. And Thursday, it would be someone who spoke Hindi. And uh, Friday, it'd be someone who spoke Spanish and so forth. And so on uh, Saturday, someone who spoke Arabic. And so all day, every day, the child would be with a stranger speaking in a different language, the result was the child never had any steady um, person to bond with. Right, because they kept be, them away from the parents, right? Did they keep these children uh, away from the parents? Yeah, the parents were not allowed to speak to the child in any other language but the language of the day. And since most parents don't speak six or seven different languages, they were not able to communicate with their children um, while the child was awakened during the day and into the night. So the net result was that the children were spoken to in a bunch of different languages and they didn't really ever learn anything. They sort of babble. The children kind of yeah. speak in a babble. And, um, you know, I think the Ranieri's plan was to raise up a bunch of psychopaths like himself and astonishingly, the parents would pay, because there were a lot of rich people in this cult, 
they would pay yeah. from a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year for the privilege of having their children in this uh, extraordinary children's program that didn't work. Right? How would they get parents to do this? To give their children like this? Well, the, all of the parents were members of the cult. Okay. Many of the members of the cult were Mexican uh, trust fund parents. Okay. So then whatever happened to these kids? Well, they're now reaping the bad fruits of this program. They're they're anywhere from six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and they don't they they can't they don't speak they don't speak languages properly because they've they've got a bunch of different languages kind of thrown at them haphazardly. Right. Now that so the cult's said- fallen apart, they're 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 trying to you know recover these children. Wow. wow. Now you said that. That people, some of the ex-members told you that he became impotent. How long ago did that happen? Well, from what I understand, around 2009. Really? This is why I think, Evelyn, that he he started branding women. At one time, he was, uh, you know, a little more virile and vigorous, and he was probably able to uh, attract and keep some of the women through his own prowess. But as he became uh, less and less uh, virile, he needed something to continue to compel women to experience his uh, caresses. And so he came up with the idea of blackmail and branding. If he blackmailed them, they would be forced to uh, endure his caresses. And if they were branded, they would understand that they were his marked slaves for life. And if they didn't do what he said, what he told them to do, he would release their blackmail material. And this is what got him legally in trouble. Right. What kind of blackmail material did he have on Allison Mack? Uh, He had five pieces of blackmail material. One was a series of explicit nude photographs where she posed similarly to the the 15-year-old girl. Okay. He had uh, he had a document, probably not legally enforceable, that provided that she would turn over any unborn children to his custody. She signed over all of her financial assets to him. She then wrote a uh, a, a document that would expose her own parents to financial and reputational ruin. And then she signed a document that was stood to, a letter that was directed to the social services. All of these were held by Ranieri that alleged abuse of her nephews. By who? So these were by by the parents. Oh. So she turned down her own siblings, her brother and sister, and she turned down her parents and gave this uh, blackmail-worthy material which Ranieri called collateral, uh, to ensure her obedience to his commands. I mean, this just seems so bizarre to me, how any woman like Alison Mack would give him this kind of material. What would he tell him to convince him to give him this stuff? Well, 
he, he was a clever, uh, clever leader. He got other women like Nancy Salzman trustworthy. If you look at the women of Nexium, these are in- intelligent, good-looking women, and the women reinforced that Ranieri was a godlike person and that he was a divine person who had only their best interest in mind. That and expertise in hypnotism and in uh, in cult indoctrination got some of these women completely hooked into the cult, and they this became their whole life. Alison Mack quit acting. Nikki Klein, another actress, she quit acting. The Brofmans, who had hundreds of millions of dollars, left their their other social and uh, financial spheres to become fully indoctrinated and fully immersed in the cult. And it wasn't all about sex, Evelyn. There was also teaching courses and having all these different meetings and social events and uh, various enterprises that were meant to teach people. There was the children's group. There was the teenage girl group. There was the acting group. There was the singing group. They, Ranieri kept the women busy. Okay. Well, he even got the, the Dalai Lama to come over here for a, a, a meeting or something, didn't he? Yes, he did. He, he paid, uh, the Brothmans paid the Dalai Lama a substantial donation, and the Dalai Lama came and spoke. But to the Dalai Lama's credit, he did, at this lecture say that the media should investigate Ranieri, and then if it's true what they said about him, then that should be exposed. If it's not true, that should be said. So he didn't completely endorse, but he did evidently take the donation. Wow. So at least he said that at the, at the do, at least thought that he should be investigated. Well, now, what happens if um, if this Garrett goes, uh, goes on and he can't participate in this trial? Well, I Is think he for, will be I able mean, to. Even if he's indicted, Evelyn, I don't think he'll be excluded from representing Hoffman. Let's say no? that he is indicted even during the trial. Uh, he'll be arraigned and he can proceed with the trial. You know, I don't, I don't think he will be excluded. Yeah. Well, that was pretty funny when uh, that... Brockman's sister fainted. Wasn't Brockman or Salzman that fainted when when the judge brought up that Avenatti had been at a hearing, had been at a, a plea deal hearing with with um, with Garagos in New York. That was pretty it funny. Was I don't think she was aware. Well, that well, uh, no, she she was aware. Was. What happened was that she knew that Avenatti was there, and she fainted well, she at did. the perfect and most opportune time. She was asked whether Avenatti was one of her secret lawyers. And just as the judge was yelling at her and demanding that she answer the question, she very conveniently fainted dead away and didn't have to answer. Yeah. That was comical. You do such good reports, Frank. I'll tell you that I read that stuff, but I get laughing out loud at some of this when I read it, what happens. Well, you know, if this was fiction, people would be laughing and rolling on the floor. Uh, no uh, kidding. And, and some of it is hard to believe, but, but it's actually true. You've got one of the most bizarre 
sex mm-hmm. cults, and it's not your standard sex cult for profit because they did not need this isn't sex trafficking for profit. They don't need the money. Right, right, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Frank, for coming on the show. You have really enlightened me, and I'm sure my listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Evelyn. Absolutely. Okay, okay, people. We'll see you next week. Bye.